0: Most kids resent a dad
1: who's constantly pushing them. Let's go. But not Rick Hoyt. We can do this. For years, Rick has been pushed, pulled, and carried by his dad, and he loves it. Here they come! That's because Rick, a wheelchair quadriplegic since birth, and his father, Dick, together have competed in over 65 marathons. So when you see Dick Hoyt pushing his son around, you're witnessing extraordinary devotion. Pass it on
2: from the Foundation for a
3: Better Life at values.com. A few words for a successful life. Always ask why. Why? Tell the truth. All the time. Life. Write thank you notes. Eat right, sleep right. And exercise. If you don't like your job, change it. Life. Be creative every day. Take a fun trip. You don't always have to do things fast. These motivating thoughts from Randy Pausch's last lecture remind each of us to live our dreams. Can I go now? My dog wants to play. Oh yeah, play with your dog. And with your kids. Motivation. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, and more.
2: Hello everyone and welcome back to our channel of KLP Entertainment. Reporting live from our newsroom, this is SNN. I'm Beatrix Gemma. Here's your business news breaking for June 5th. Bodies remain unidentified as relatives struggle to reach India train crash site. Most of the victims' families live in towns and villages hundreds of miles away, officials and medics said. Families of the victims of India's worst rail disaster in two decades were on Sunday still struggling to reach the town where the disaster happened. The delays meant that many bodies remain unidentified and unclaimed, local officials and doctors said. At least 275 people were killed in the disaster near the town of Balasore on Friday. Many of the passengers had been migrant laborers, students and daily wage workers. In and around the town in the eastern state of Odisha, the bodies of about 200 victims were still to be claimed, the officials and medics said. Many were badly injured in the crash, making it harder to identify them, and most of the victims' families live in towns and villages hundreds of miles away and were still trying to reach the area," they added. The state government on Sunday moved about 100 of the unidentified victims to the morgue at the main hospital in Pubenzwa, the state capital. About a dozen bodies remained at the hall of a small local school a few hundred yards from the disaster site down from more than 100 on Saturday, and fewer than a dozen were still at a business park in Balasore on Sunday. The location of the others was unclear. The authorities had kept the bodies at the business park on top of large ice blocks and covered them with plastic sheets, but the ice was melting fast in the around 100-degree heat. Relatives who made it to the business park first had to endure the trauma of looking at the faces of victims on a laptop. Then, if they saw any resemblance to a loved one, they were taken to have a closer look. Dr. Rahul Kumar, at Pubenzwa's main hospital, said that the morgue there was already full. While many of the bodies will require DNA testing for identification, he was one of several medics and officials who said that the reason for the delay in claiming the bodies was that relatives were struggling to reach the area. Most of these people are poor, and it may take them days to arrive either in Pubinswa or here in this town, dr. Kumar said. Ashwini Vaishnaw, the Indian railway minister, said that a special train had started to ferry family members from the city of Kolkata, in neighbouring West Bengal, to Odisha. The local government in Odisha also announced the operation of a free bus service on the disrupted train route.
1: But we do start with the breaking news regarding the future of Celtic's manager Ange Postecoglou and the potential of him becoming the new manager at Tottenham. Let's head live to Celtic Park and join our reporter Gordon Duncan. Gordon, what can you tell us? Yeah, big development in this one. This lunchtime, Celtic granting Ange Postecoglou permission to speak to Tottenham about that vacant managerial position all weekend, the Celtic fans went quickly from celebrating the Scottish Cup success in the treble to worrying about whether it would be Ange Postacoglu's final game in charge of the club and it looks like we've got that development to suggest that it is very much heading in that direction, Sky Sports News understands or expects those talks to take place today, so it could be that this one now moves quite quickly now that the season is done of course because last weekend Postacoglu, like he often does kept his cards very close to his chest he wanted to remain with full focus on the Scottish Cup final but as soon as that full time whistle went at hand and late on Saturday evening the season ended and there was a real sense that the future could be about to change for Ange Postacoglu, for Spurs, and for Celtic as well. We also understand Celtic already working on potential replacements with former boss Brendan Rodgers and Jesse Marsh amongst names being mentioned. So we know that things don't stand still in football too long. Celtic fans were celebrating a treble just two days ago, but already the question on their lips is when will Ange Postacoglu leave and what will be next for this football club? It was really interesting Gordon to hear him speaking after they beat Inverness, Caledonian Thistle at the weekend. And he said, I was a joke when I came here. I was seen as a joke by people outside of, of maybe Celtic in the wider game. How much has he transformed both the perception of him as a manager, but also Celtic's fortune since then? Massively. And it didn't take long. There was a very, very small period at the start of his league career here in the Scottish Premiership where he he lost a couple of games and then it just clicked and they were relentless from that moment on, really winning two trophies last season, making it three this season, so five out of six, which is certainly not a bad return, but it was probably the manner in which he did it, the style in which he did it, which really caught the eye and probably caught the attention of Spurs as well. You look at the recruitment, which has been key straight away he went to the Japanese market went to a market that he knew well brought in Kyogo who arguably was his greatest signing but there was not too many far behind as well you look at Rio Hitati, for instance in Maida six Japanese players in total signed for Celtic various others the team that started, in fact in that Scottish Cup final win of the 11 he only inherited two of them he recruited the other nine he recruited most of the subs some of the players who would have played if it wasn't for injury were recruited by him as well so really it was a very very quick transformation. And it's interesting to see you reference the fact that he was written off Ange Hu, some people said when he arrived here in Glasgow. They soon found out very quickly the answer to Ange Hu. And you just wonder if it's going to be a similar scenario in London as well, because you can already see sports fans and observers of English football maybe hoping for a more household name, maybe hoping for one who had more experience uh, of English Premier League level, but it did not take him long to crack it up here in Scotland and it's going to be fascinating to see first and foremost if and when he gets the job uh, and if that similar level of success will fall. It was interesting as well, Gordon, that when Postecoglou was appointed, it took a while for Celtic to get to their man, didn't it? They were liquid with Eddie Howe particularly for a, a long time. Just wonder how you feel that the short-term future may play out and how quickly Celtic may turn and find a replacement. Mm. Yeah, big football clubs, you always imagine there's a level of contingency because Ange Postacoglu was very successful and like every player or manager who is a success here in Scotland it's natural they would attract some interest I think with the season ending as well it gives you that that clarity almost at that period not long of course because Champions League just round the corner in summer recruitment but it gives you that Tiny bit of, of breathing space It's not like when Brendan Rogers left Celtic it was, it was mid-season It was almost overnight And Celtic had to scramble To find a, a suitable replacement And it's funny that we mention Brendan Rogers. It doesn't seem like so long ago Because already, like I referenced earlier He would be one of the names in the frame For a return here, his departure safe to say, did not go down well with certain sections of the Celtic support. So it would be interesting to see how they would feel about Raton. Jesse Marsh, again, that was a name mentioned linked with Celtic previously before uh, he went to the English Premier League. So Celtic will need to act quickly because you always do. But just perhaps with that end of the season, uh, just in the rear view mirror, there's at least a, a bit of a bit of calm around the place and a, a bit of planning to be done for the future. Gordon, we will leave it there. Thank you very much for the moment.
0: I bet you never thought you'd see a Lamborghini going off-road in the Mojave Desert. Well, the Lamborghini Huracan Starado is out to change that. Here we are out in Joshua Tree, California. It's about an hour east of Palm Springs, so we're way out in the middle of nowhere with a Lamborghini, if you can imagine it. The Lamborghini Huracan Starado This is the off-road version. And it's also the end of an era because it's the last V10 internal combustion engine that Lamborghini will ever make. So it's kind of a big deal. It's also been a long time coming. We saw early versions of this car in 2019. It's finally here. The base price is $273,000. I hear it's gonna be really fun to drive. I can't wait to go try it. with brutalist undertones and a low seating position the serato comes with a 601 horsepower v10 engine and 413 pound-feet of torque it has all-wheel drive a 0 to 60 mile per hour sprint time of 3.4 seconds and a top speed of 161 miles per hour now, don't feel bad if you're a little skeptical about this $273,000 supercar. I was too. Lamborghini has no record of success in off road rallies in the 60 years since the brand roared to life, but it hasn't stopped the brand from jumping into the off road mix. I spoke with Lamborghini head of design, Nietzsche Bokert, about what makes the Stradale different from a normal Huracan. Our design DNA is about the single center silhouette. You can always tell a Lamborghini in front view with the inclinated windows. Every car of Lamborghini, that's my mission, has to have his character. So for the customer, it's clear what is the car. So we took it in a higher position. We have a slightly longer wheelbase. We have bigger wheels, more important, of course, the rallycross wheels. We added the cladding. We kept it quite rough because we wanted to give this tough and rugged feeling. It's the everyday super sports car. You don't need to care. You just drive. It's a car that is your your partner for any adventure. It's unbelievable what the car can do. Yeah, unbelievable. I was driving this thing harder than I drove the Rivian truck, rougher than I drove a Porsche 911 or a Land Rover in the sand dunes. I came out of the car grinning from ear to ear. Wow. But now I wanted to see how it did on the pavement. Passing by the Joshua trees and desert dry hills, the Storado just cruises. Man, it's pretty fun. It's pretty great to go directly from the dirt onto an asphalt surface. And I have to say, driving in Joshua tree is the perfect way to explore both sides of the car. The Huracan Strato has three main driving modes, Strata, Sport, and Rally. Now, Rally is the one that we used when we were going off-road. That's where everything's super loose, very minimal stability control, uh, basically just the ABS is on. Now, we're in Sport mode, which is a more generalized mode. It's perfect for driving some of these back roads at Joshua Tree. Lamborghini is going to be introducing more and more hybrids. We've already seen the Ruelto and we will soon see hybrid versions of the Urus as well. So this really is, in a way, the end of an era for Lamborghini. The last V10 with an internal combustion engine. That's pretty cool to be able to drive it. My take is the Huracan Serato is a joyful ode to the contrarian nature of Lamborghini. Lamborghini is making just 1,499 of them. Deliveries begin this summer.